Our joy unspeakable, faith unstoppable. The joy of the Lord is our strength, amen, and in him anything is possible. Well, God bless you. Good morning. It's good to see you. Thank you for being here to worship with us today in our first service, and we're already off to a powerful day today. We have a day packed full of worship and fellowship, and most of all, we're here to get into his presence this morning, because I need a touch from him this morning, don't you? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, if you're new here or fairly new to our church, we want to welcome you. We want to say thank you for being here. 
We hope to be that church that you can call home, a place where you can get connected and grow in your relationship with the Lord. We want to do all of our best to, to make you welcome, make you feel like you're part of our church family here. So thank you for being here with us this morning. And I have a very special announcement. David Bailey, wave. For those of you that know our brother David Bailey, you may not know that he's a very gifted artist. Very gifted, and he teach, teaches art. And today, we have something very special called Artistry Sunday. So if you want to learn about art, you want to see some of the paintings and drawings that he has, and, and he's going to be out there between services to teach a little bit about art. If you're interested in learning how to, to draw or paint, I can't draw or paint. I was horrible in kindergarten, so <laughs> I, never, I never learned how to do it. I can paint people's faces, but I can't draw on paper. But if you guys are interested in, in learning how to, to get involved and you have an appreciation for art and a love for art, he's going to be out there between services today and after our second service at 11 o'clock. With that being said, let's get out this morning and welcome each other to church.
I'm, I got to change it in between services. Amen. Anybody thankful for the Spirit of the Lord? The Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. I don't know about you, but at 9 o'clock I needed a song like that to get me going this morning. And I know that His presence is here, which means His freedom is here to touch us and save us. You can be seated, if you will, this morning. I wanted to introduce you to a couple of my friends this morning. If I could, forgive me for my voice, uh, just battling through some of the stuff that, that all of us are. But I wanted to introduce you this morning to Joshua Kales. Joshua is the son of Lewis and Christine Kales. He's in our Rock Island ministry. Would you clap your hands for he's nervous as can be? And also I wanted to introduce you to Kason Morgan. He is he's the son of Jeremiah and Amy Morgan, and he's a part of our Rock Island ministry here at the church also. These two young men are, are incredible young men. When I was a boy, I learned the song, Jesus Loves Me. Anybody know that song? Everybody know that song? <laughs> I wanted to sing it this morning, but I'm not even going to try that. I couldn't keep a note when I wasn't sick. And so I know if I'm sick, then that note will fall and dip and anyway, drag on. But, but that song was the first song that I learned. Amen. Before I learned about the radio, before I learned about a tape player, you see what I did there, y'all? Kids don't even know what tape players are.
They were never there. 
Amen. Who has a praise in their heart this morning? Is it just a good song or is it alive and well inside of you? If you would stand with me, we are going to go into the reading of God's Word here in just a moment. We have some business we want to take care of. If you've followed the news around here anytime recently or you recall back to last week, we were praying for a little kid, a three-year-old boy named Nicholas. We prayed for him. We had some good reports, some up and down different things. But he went on to be with the Lord this last week. You know, uh, the pastor always says that all the, most of the funerals that he does, he talks about, you know, you can say, how can you say you've lost something if you know right where it is? We know right where that little boy is today. He's in the presence of God. He's made it through his time here on this earth, and he's crossed the finish line. He's gone to that place that we all hope to go to someday and go across that finish line. But where we're at is we have broken hearts. We have a broken family. Here in the next service, potentially, the dad, Chris, is going to be here. Of course, Brian and Tiffany will be here, Tiffany Minor. The family will be here at the next service. So we just want to pray for them now. Can't imagine walking the path that they're walking this week. So we just want to pray for them, that God would be with them. If you know them, you see them. When they come in, please hug them, tell them you love them, and uh, we're going to pray that God would comfort them and take care of them. Amen? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for Nick's family. God, I can't imagine what they feel and what they're going through, but Lord, you know exactly the comfort, you know exactly the strength that they need, so God, we pray that you would wrap your arms of love around them that you would bring such comfort and such peace into their life. Lord, where they don't think they can make it, where they don't think they're going to be able to get through tomorrow, God, I pray that you would just be with them and take care of them, lead them through these next few days. God, comfort them and be with them. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. If you are interested, the funeral will be at Baker Stevens Funeral Home, the new one out by the highway. It'll be there. The viewing's from... 12 to 2 on Wednesday, and then at 2 o'clock will be the service there if you're interested, if you're able to be there. We want to go into God's Word, and uh, I'm going to share God's Word with you. Then I've got some announcements, and we're going to get down to business. We're looking at 1 John chapter 4, verses 14 down through verse 16. I've been stuck this week, just over and over and over and over again, coming back to God's love. The scripture is, says, and when we have seen and testified, and we, ha and we have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son as Savior of the world, whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he in God. And we, we have known and believed the love of, that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. Let's pray over the scripture. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, in the name of Jesus, once again, we just come to you asking, God, that you would 
be with us today. God, you've ministered to needs. You've touched hearts. You've changed lives. Lord, we felt your presence here already. God, we pray that you would now speak to us through your word. Bring it alive and let it touch our hearts, God, and take care of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. A couple of quick announcements I want to make is, first of all, uh, Pastor Ray is not here today. And the reason why, he is uh, part of the eldership the uh, regional eldership team in Ohio here in the Church of God, and he's been called away to preach at another church today to take care of some business, and uh, that is where he is. He's up in Dayton preaching this morning. He wanted to send, you know, his hello, he loves you, and he is praying for you, but that's where he is. Also, tonight, we have a very special guest speaker, Gil Watts, Brother Gil Watts, who is with us today. Brother Gil Watts, him and his wife, gay that went on to be with the Lord. They were a part of our church for years. He's a minister and blesses the Lord and preaches and does wonderful work everywhere he goes. He is going to be here tonight to preach in the service tonight. So that's a very special treat for us. And maybe the best, if you would stand, maybe the best thing is you would know him as Sheila's dad. Everybody give it up for this wonderful gentleman and Sheila. They will be with us tonight. It's going to be a wonderful time for us to be together. There was a little boy who ran home from school one day from the playground. His mother was shocked to see him run in the house because it was so early. She said, what are you doing here? The little boy said, through, through a couple of choke back tears, he said, I was being picked on at recess and I knew if I could just get home, Mommy, you could make it all better. There's no place better in life than to be where you're loved. Like I said, this week I've been in a place where I got stuck, you know, just in prayer. I came across thinking of God's incredible love. And if you, if you think about it, if you, if you start thinking of God's love... It absolutely changes everything. It changes your perspective on the world. Situations, just life changes, and it's so different. If you, if you just push away all the busyness and the craziness, and you just focus on God's love. God is, is so amazing and, and so incredible, the way that he loves us. It's so amazing that, that we can get so messed up. I, I get so messed up on, on just different things that's happening in life and so many different situations. And I get, you know, get overwhelmed and I get to praying about things and, you know, I'm worried and praying through stuff and God help us, you know, what's going to happen? I get so messed up, everything seems to be so, so out of control, so topsy-turvy, if you will. And I got to thinking this week about God's love and, and what it does. If you really, you think about it and focus on who God is, God's love brings a peace to our life. God's love will really bring a stability to our life that, that we can't find in other places. God's love will do that for us. Going to the place where we can be loved, it changes everything. Chaos settles down. You know, all the, the questions of life find answers in God's love. When you find that place where you're loved, you don't worry about impressing people. You know people are going to be loyal. You know that in that place you can find love. What a peaceful place to be right where you're, right where you're loved. In this life, there are a few guarantees of peace. Life is complicated. 
in newsflash, the world has gone crazy. What used to shock people, what used to be not spoken of as normal and everyday, and it's the life that us good old Christians live in. We're not promised any kind of, uh, any kind of thing in this world. We find ourselves at the same crossroads, the same questions that the rest of the world does. It's crazy and it's overwhelming. Like I said, if, if you're like me, sometimes it can be a little much, and you, it shakes who you are, and you wonder, is everything going to be okay? Our peace we have in God seems to be fleeting in days of, of trouble. But this is what I've come this morning to say. is to remind you that you serve a God that loves you. Serve a God that loves you. And, and it's not a love that, that would be found so much in this world, so fleeting and so uh, temporary and so, so shaking, but it's a love that stands and a love that doesn't waver. God loves you. God loves you. I, t I entitled this message just Heart Health because I think there's some, we've been talking about healthy things growing, and I think there's some things at the base of who we are that we need to talk about and, and settle and, and kind of relook at that are going to set us on the right path. We know God loves us, but in the middle of everything, we forget what that really means. And going down through this scripture here, the one that we started with, it gets to this particular place and says, we, we, and, and we know and we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. God is love. Sometimes we see love as this, this temporary switch that can go on and off and and, and there's a time when we make God happy with us and things are good. And there's a time when we upset God and things are not so good. But the scripture is clear to say God is love. That means that there's not a fluctuation of his love, but that is literally a part of his DNA is love. That it doesn't change, that it doesn't waver, but that God loves you at all times. For me, for me that's the kind of stability I need in my life. Because I'm not perfect, and I live in this crazy world, and so do you. We need something to grab hold of and to lean on that is not going to change. And I'm telling you that God's love doesn't change. God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. You may be facing struggles. You may be facing sin. You may be facing all kinds of stuff, but it doesn't change the fact that we have a rock that we can run to. God's love is who he is. God loves you and he cares for you so much. It's his very essence, consists of love. It's who he is. And we don't have to worry. It doesn't change. God is there. He is there for us. God is love. His interaction with us is based on love. His life that he has for you is based on love. You might wonder, man, where is this going? Where's this situation that I'm fighting and I'm battling with? Well, where is this going to end? Is it going to be okay? I'm telling you, he moves in your life in love. We can have comfort to go back and, and say, man, is it going to be all right? Is it going to be okay? We can go back to the place of love and say, you know what? It's going to be good because God loves me. It's going to be peaceful because God loves me. God loves us so much. God's very creation of you is based on the fact that he loves you. It's based on the fact that he loves you. I believe with all of my heart, down through eternity, God thought of each and every one of you. As much as, he, as he, we were on the heart of Jesus when he was on the cross, 
God had you in his, in his heart and his mind, and he created you so that he could love you, so he could show himself to you and love you. And it was such a joy to create you that he said, I'm going to create them. They're going to be so special because they have potential to love me back. We have a firm foundation that we can stand on. Life throws us a curveball. Life throws us craziness. But we can stand firm on who he is and be victorious. God created this world to love you. We can be confident. Now check this out. The enemy would have you be in a place where you're worried, you're stumbling. God help me, give me a word. Let, let me just make it to church this Sunday. But I'm telling you, in God's love, you can have such a confidence that you can say, you know what? It's going to be all right. It's going to be okay. The God that loves me, the God that made me is going to be there. He's going to take care of me and stand by me and lead me and guide me. I can be confident in who he is. I don't have to, I don't have to waver. I can worry because I'm flesh. I can worry because the enemy hits me on one side or the other. But I don't have to. I can be confident in his love and stand strong and know that it's going to be okay. That though I face the, the darkest times and the, the craziest of times, his love is going to provide. He's going to be there for a provision to stand with me and take me and lead me through. He's a God that loves us so much. Boundless, incomprehensible, incomparable is his love. I, I looked up, you know. I try to be a, a, a decent preacher. I try to be smart about what I'm doing. I was going through some commentaries, and I looked up God is love, and the first three words that it said was boundless, incomprehensible, and incomparable, his love for us. And you know what love feels like. Maybe you've seen it in your life. You, you might want to know what does, what does love look like. And I'm going to tell you what, what I believe love looks like. Maybe the next service won't, won't hear it exactly like you're going to hear it. But I don't think we have any better example. I think love looks like a grandfather that would jump in front of a car to save his grandson. If you look at that, you see, what does that say? It says the love of the, the heart of that man. It shows sacrifice. It shows fearlessness. It says, this is how much you matter that I'm willing to do this. What a beautiful example. What a beautiful example of love. 1 John 4 and 18, it says this, there is, no, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. It says, but he who fears, uh, but he who fears is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. No fear in love. I'm sure that you've had moments in your life or maybe you've been there. Something was going to happen to your kids or your grandkids or maybe your parents or somebody seen you in danger. Maybe you've seen it in the face of a parent that would get up and go to work every day. I know at my house, uh, whenever there was a noise or we heard somebody outside or heard something outside, you know, something outside. I can remember my dad getting up in the middle of the night, kids screaming, and going toward the noise and not running. That's what, what love looks like. Just a little example. Love is, is action. Love is a, a, a difference. Now what I want to show you then is from that example of love, I want you to look 
Think about God and His love for you. God cares for you so much that He he was willing to go the furthest lengths. And and we know, we say, oh yeah, God's love, God cares for us, you know, whatever. But stop and think about it for a moment. When it comes to His Son, Jesus, here here are the few of the things that were said. John 3.16, it says, this is my only begotten Son, His only Son. Jesus talking, uh, God speaks when Jesus is baptized and he said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Those are the things that God expresses when he's talking about his son. God's loving and caring. Look at this. I forgot to put down the reference. I believe it's, I'm not sure which, I think it's Mark chapter 15. Verse 33, it says, Now when the sixth hour had come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eloi, Eloi, lama shabachthani, which is translated, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It would be one thing that God in his love would, would, would save us, so to speak, would reach out and grab us, that he would love us that much. That's incredible that, that God would be there to, to save us. But if you look at this and think about it, God loved us so much that he was willing to let his son die and be a sacrifice for, all, for us. Because he loved us that much. His only begotten, his beloved son, the, the one who is well pleased, he was willing to let him step up and be the sacrifice. And we see from the scripture, there was just a moment, a slight moment where God had to look away from the cross and sin had to be punished. Jesus became that sin and he had to be punished. Just in, in a, a moment, a nick of time, because right after that it says Jesus cried out with a loud voice and gave up the spirit. God loves you so much that he was willing to, to pull you back from danger, but he would let his son take the danger on for us. He loved us so much. When I got to thinking about this, man, it, 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 the whole thing about how much God loves us changes everything. Because when, when you understand how much you're loved, you know that everything's going to be all right. The, the issues, the circumstances, they're going to be taken care of. God loves us so much that he takes care of those things. The fear of all the stuff is, is swallowed up in God's love. And not only that, but there comes such a peace inside of us and such a humbling to understand that we're loved like that. That we are loved in such a beautiful and, and wonderful way, it changes everything. Like I said, we can hold our head up high. We can move in confidence knowing that God loves us and that God cares for us in such a beautiful way. We know that Jesus became sin for us. God's loved us so much that he gave his son for us. The place that we long for, for peace and hope, is found in the God that loves us. If he would spare nothing to show us his love, we can have confidence in his life. Perfect love cast out fear. Calmly, we can lay, lay life down. We can be placed humbly at God's feet. So what's bothering you? What are the big issues? What are the big concerns? What are the big needs that you have in your life? 
the things that are weighing heavy on you in light of the amount of love and the amount of concern that God has for you. How much, how big do they look to kind of take a perspective? My challenge for us is, is to, to give God those things, to let those be how small they can be in God. To us, they're huge, they're massive, they, they overtake us. But given over to God, they can be shrunk down the size and be taken care of. We can have peace even though everything is not, not okay. Heart health, healthy, healthy Christians. Heart, heart health, healthy Christians are people that keep an eye, keep our heart in tune with God to love him to be loved by him, and to understand that that's our success, that that's, that's our confidence. There's a second part to this, because it's, the second part of it is, which, which begs the question, is like, okay, that God loves me so much, what then is my response to God's love? Because it's pretty much natural if you get a grasp, if you understand how much God's loved you, it just pulls something out of you. You just, you're so broken and so humbled, you want to know, okay, God, what can I do for you? How can I love you? I've often thought, I've often thought many times, I'm like, okay, God, what could I say that would, that would do you justice to say how incredible you are? I come back in, in a sense in a sense that, uh, in a sense that I couldn't say enough, that that I could exhaust words, that I could exhaust thoughts, and and run out of things. God loves us so much, so incredibly, but it begs us for a response. Uh, this is kind of a side note, but I, I don't get, I don't get people that think, and and I don't know if it's a a doctrine or a church or whatever, but I don't get how people can say or think that God is so incredible and I'm so imperfect that God's love is, is just going to win out and it's just going to make everything okay and I can just live life like I want. I don't understand that. I can't grasp that because his love begs a response. Looking at Matthew 23 and 34 down through 40, it says, But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question testing him, saying, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. There's a response that we are supposed to have to him. There's a response that, that is supposed to be due him once that we are touched by his love. We are to love him back. And, and why? Why, does, why is it described this way? Why does Jesus say, do it like this, love like this? And I have a couple of theories, a couple of thoughts that I have. Number one, because he deserves it. God deserves everything that we are, everything that we could possibly give him. He's given us his best, and we should be able to give him his, our best. And I think, I think everything is done... God speaks in his word because he's doing something uh, for our benefit. He's doing something to reach us and to be able to pull us along in our humanity. And I think that he goes through and he says, 
in, in your heart and in your soul and in your mind. He says, love them with everything that you've got. I think one of the reasons why Jesus says this is because at our faithfulness and our attempt to do the best that we can, God is a rewarder of faithfulness. And I think he wants us to, to know, he wants us to know him in our hearts and in our soul and in our mind. He wants us to experience him as best as we possibly can. So give him everything and God will touch you. God will give you his everything. We can discover all that he is to love God with all that we are. Healthy people, they know God's love and then they respond to God's love back to him. And out of that response is a beautiful, wonderful relationship of, of beautiful gems and victories, one after another, that, that can be given in birth in, in the love that he has for us. The r- real intention of our life is this relationship that we're supposed to have, and it's beautiful and it's wonderful. The second part, the second part of this, it goes on, it says, this is the first and great commandment, so the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these, the two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. I'll start with this story, and I shared some of this with our staff the other day. I went into the hospital not too long ago, and, you know, my intention is to to do good and to be the best that I can be, you know. Shock, right? I want to try to do my best. So I show up faithful. I show up to the hospital. Somebody's in there, somebody's been called, they're, they're sick, and, and they need somebody to come in and, and, and pray. They want to minister. So I show up at the hospital, pull back the, you know, the shower curtain looking thing, you know, and go in the room there. And I'm looking at the person on the bed. Well, the, one of the family members was there, and they kind of pulled me off to the side and kind of shared with me some other aspect of what was going on. And, and they were kind of struggling with things. And I, uh, I kind of, you know, kind of stepped off with them a little bit. Well, we got about halfway, what I would think is about halfway through that conversation. And here they come to do whatever they needed to do. So we got interrupted. And I'm like, hey, you know, the nurses and stuff are gathering around. I'm like, hey, I want to pray with them before we go. So we had to pray. And, and that was it. I was out of there. Well, I got in the parking lot. And all of a sudden, I had it, had it come to me, hey, you need to get a hold of that person because you didn't finish that conversation. And I'm like, yes, yes, yes. So I texted them or whatever happened. And uh, they were appreciative. And, and I just felt like God was in that. That was the right thing to do. And this is why I say that. There's a, a command here for us to love people. And, and I've thought about this different than I ever had before. God gives a command so if we're faithful to it, he can bless us. You know, God doesn't care so much about your talents and, and all these things. He's looking for people to be faithful. When God gives a command for us to love, it's a situation that he can bless and that he can work in. And when I went to that hospital, I, I was just showing up because, you know, hey, I want to do the right thing. I want to love these people. I want to take care of them. But God spoke to me and did something that, that I didn't have in my heart and my mind. But I think it was a deal where he rewarded just because I was trying to be faithful In your life, the biggest thing that you have going on, the reason why you're still here, is to love people. To love people. It is so simple, but your job, morning, noon, and night, is to love people. If that wasn't your job, God would usher you right on to glory, 
boom, it's done and said. But you're here to love people. But how easy is it to be distracted, to have your heart and mind on something else? And, and you, don't, you, you think of, oh, man, I didn't do this or I didn't do this. Man, I should have been this or should have done that. We get so caught up and so distracted with everything else that we forget to do the thing that we are called to do. Love people. Love people. Heart health. Love people. <laughs> Understand God's love. Love God and love people. It's, it's, you, and you might even say, well, I, I don't, you know, okay, you know, I want to love people. I'm going to take care of them. I, I don't even know what to do. Surely you do. You know what to do to love people. The, the scripture even says, Jesus says, love them like you would love yourself. We have an example. We know what we want to do for ourselves. We know what would be nice for ourselves. Have you ever said, man, it would be nice if somebody, that is how we love people. That's how we love people. That's the example. And also, you know, like we said, I'm sure you've had people in your life that you can say, man, they loved me. What did they do? Do that for people. It may be the simplest of things. Brian, it might be the simplest of things. It might just be telling somebody, hey, I, I love you. I'm praying for you. But God can take that little thing, your, your faithfulness, and turn it into something beautiful and turn the whole world upside down and change everything. God wants to minister, and he wants to do beautiful and, and incredible stuff. We get so messed up on life. But the call for us is to, to let life go and to let love come in. And find God and, and let him speak to you and let him touch you and let him love you in a beautiful, incredible way. And let that change everything. And you know what? That's the, that's the power. The power comes from the relationship with him. The power comes there. And then when you go to love people, man, God can, can turn on the action and touch people's lives and minister to them. And do beautiful and incredible things. If you would stand with me. Have you ever been in some place? Have you ever, you know, if, if I get on the highway, the worst thing that could happen is a traffic jam. I've got my heart in my mind. I'm getting somewhere, and all of a sudden, boom, taillights, traffic. That's like the worst thing to me. It's crazy. But that's how it is for us doing the Christian thing, the Christian walk. We're supposed to walk and, and have love inside of us. We're on a mission. We're going to go there. We're going to get there. And it seems like so many times something else gets in the way. And oh, we missed out on just loving people. I want us, as kind of like a, a, a dedication of ourselves, to make a commitment that, that every morning, God willing, we're going to remember love people. Love people. It can be expressed in a ton of different ways, in a ton of different situations. But your job, your, your big thing, your big mission, love people. See the difference that it makes. Because God is going to reach right through your efforts. And he's going to do beautiful and wonderful things. I want us to pray here in just a moment. The first thing with every, every head bowed and every eye closed. I want to give anybody here today that that doesn't know the Lord, that doesn't know Jesus as your Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to accept Him into your life so that you can be forgiven of your sins and, and so that you can 
know a relationship with God. God loves you so much that he sent his son to, to pay for our sins. The very thing that keeps us away from God, that keeps us from eternity, God sent his son to die for those things so that we could have this beautiful relationship with the God that loves you. Is there anybody today that would say, you know what, I want to pray that prayer. I want, I want in. I need this prayer. Is there anybody here at all today? There's one. Is there anybody else? Anybody else in the house? Once you put your hand up once, you can put it back down. Anybody else? All right, we're going to pray. And simply, it's not, not just the words that we repeat, but it's the heart. If you mean what you say, God's going to come in and save you. And your life is going to be changed. Congregation, let's all pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I admit that I need a Savior. That my sins have separated me from God. That I'm coming back. I confess that I am a sinner. That I need a Savior. That Jesus is that Savior. I give Him my heart. And I give Him my life. I'm going to live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Here in a moment, our pastors are going to be coming around the altar. If you have any kind of special need, any special concerns today that you want to bring to the altar, you can come and pray for the rest of us. So I want you to, to connect with somebody there around you. You can put a hand on their shoulder, hold a hand, however you want to do it. But in this closing prayer, I just want us to pray. You don't know the person next to you necessarily. You don't know what their needs are, maybe their concerns, what's weighing on them today. But I just want us to pray. Be that extension of love and care for the person that's there by you. Let's have, let God have his way in our lives. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we pray that you would go over this audience. God, that you would visit every heart and every life. Lord, that you would minister to every person that's in this place. Lord, that they would feel your love. They would feel what it's like to be yours and that their heart would be touched. God, their life would be changed. And Lord, we pray that you would minister in the name of Jesus to that need that they have. God, that thing that's weighing on them, they're worried about, they're concerned about. God, we just pray that you would have your way in it, Lord, and relieve them of that. In the name of Jesus, God, we pray that you would move in a beautiful and wonderful way. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen, amen. God bless you all as you will go out today. Remember to go by and see David Bailey's artwork, hang out, get a coffee at the cafe. I want you to have a wonderful, blessed day. Amen.